Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, March the 16th, 2023. It is the first day of the NCAA tournament. Uh, it also happens to be the day before my dad's birthday. Tom turns 66 tomorrow on St. Patrick's Day. So happy birthday to Tom. Got to see him and my mom down in Florida last weekend at Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, This weekend, I'm looking out the window in Hot Springs, Arkansas at a very wet, a very rainy Oaklawn Park, getting ready for racing Friday and Saturday. No derby preps, but big races. The Whitmore and the Essex coming up on Saturday afternoon. I'm here with Caleb Keller. And Thankfully, the weather's going to clear up. It's not going to get warm, but it's going to clear up. The first four days that I have ever been here to Oakland Park, it has pissed rain. So, and on top of that, I have gotten buried at the windows. I don't know what it is about this spot right now, but I'm hopeful we can develop a bit of a kinder friendship going forward. Because so far, it's been a disaster. Before we get any farther, um, however you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. You can also listen along over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernie your show. You'll get this episode along with the 151 prior. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe. If you're over on YouTube, make sure the bell icon is lit up so you get notified when new content has been uploaded to the In The Money Media channel. Uh, I... I Chose to bypass last week's show for a few reasons. One, and I don't, I don't know if you can really hear it or not. Maybe you can. Um, I am coming off of, or at the very end anyway, knock wood, of a sinus infection. When I was in Oldsmar last weekend, I was really in the midst of it. Um, so, a bit nasally, voice was kind of in and out. So I figured, you know what? Let's. Uh, I initially was going to take this week off for the pod knowing that there are no derby preps, and come back next weekend for the Louisiana Derby and the other two preps that are ongoing, the Jeff Ruby and the UAE Derby. But health, you know, the last thing any of you want to do is listen to a a super nasally version of me. Many of you probably don't want to listen to me, period. But those of you that do, you probably don't want to listen to a nasally version. And it's still there, but not quite as bad. So I took last week off. And we wheel back this week on the week where there are no derby preps. But this is probably a really good time to reset things. We are about to embark on the final round of derby preps, the 100-point preps. Not only is it a win and you're in effectively, but if you run in the exacta, you're likely in. And that's assuming you have zero points going into the race. If you have any points and you hit the board, you are very likely into the Kentucky Derby. So this is a good opportunity, I think anyway, to let's sort of reset the table and see where everyone lies and just get an overall, sorry about that, get an overall viewpoint on where these three-year-olds are. Because after the Tampa Bay Derby last weekend, I came back with Kate and Bradar and I said, you know, I don't want to sound like negative Nancy over here. But I don't think that's a very fast race. 
and that was just in the heat of the moment, but doing some quick math, you know, Tapatrice ran roughly four lengths slower than Skippy Longstocking did in the Challenger earlier. And assuming Skippy got back to one of his best races, which would have been right around 100, I mean, that that buyer for the Tampa Bay Derby couldn't have been much faster than a low 90. And then you find out that it's an 88. And it, it validates my initial thought that, A, this probably isn't a very fast race, but B, and more importantly, I think it just sort of underscores the idea that, in my mind anyway, and I need to know what your thoughts are beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. That this group so far has been wildly unimpressive. Doesn't mean that they can't improve or they won't improve. I've said it before. I am not someone that believes you should be looking at this you know, at this juncture right now saying, the, oh, these horses are no good, this group is no good, this, that, and the other. Because that will truly only kind of play out in the years to come when we find out what these horses actually want to do. But right now, I look at this group and I go, oof. Not great. You have two 100 buyer speed figures earned by any of these three-year-olds. One of them by the two-year-old champion Forte. One of them by Practical Move. Now, the good news for Practical Move is that 100 came in his most recent start. And I suppose the good news for Forte is he earned that as a two-year-old in his first start back in the Fountain of Youth. He earns a 98. Beyond that, this is a very uninspiring group. No one has run overly fast. Many of the horses that have a little bit of a following are fine, but they're not great. Which makes me look at this whole group and go, okay, well, do I need to love Forte at, you know, three to one? or 5-2, to two, when he doesn't have a major edge fig-wise. But conversely, he at least has a couple of figs. And the vast majority of these three-year-olds at this point right now don't. So as of March the 16th, the top 20, and I'll just read the top 20. I'll go top 21 because there's a tie. In order... Forte, Instant Coffee, Rocket Can, Hit Show, Litigate, Curly Jack, Blazing Sevens, Arctic Arrogance, Jace's Road, Red Route One, Victory Formation, Dubunal, Practical Move, Lugan Knight, General Banker, Two Fills, Shadow Dragon, Dennington, Hayes Strike, Andiamo Aferenze, and Confidence Game are tied. And I guess Hayes Strike is as well. With seven points. So this picture is going to change dramatically over the next handful of weeks. But I don't think any of these horses are, you know, above and beyond. I think many of them are good, but I don't think they're superstars. Forte might be. And to be fair, 
I actually think the horse that won out in California for Tim Yock team, practical move. I think he's very good. He at least has some, ta- both of those two horses. They have tactical speed and they're fast. They're not dependent on having the lead. They're not confirmed closers. They can move a little bit and work out their own trip. But many of these other horses I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, instant coffee has no speed, but he's coming out of, or he's in anyway, a jurisdiction where, for all intents and purposes, the races have been the best. Rocket can took another step forward in that fountain of youth. The problem is he's still, what, five lengths behind Forte. Hit show ran in New York in his most recent start, won nicely. You know, where does that stack up? I have no idea. Litigate won the really slow Sam F. Davis. Now the second and third place finishers of the Tampa Bay Derby came out of that race. But Litigate gets the acid test next weekend in New Orleans. I'll be down there. Curly Jack, I think, is probably the most honest horse in this whole group. But I don't think he's a superstar. Blazing Sevens was terrible at Gulfstream. Arctic Arrogance, I don't think, wants to go this far. Jace's Road, if I'm being honest, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't even know who that is. I'd have to go back and look. Red Route 1, I've talked about it. He's a confirmed closer. Victory Formation is speed, but I don't know how far he wants to go. W and his big win or his big claim to fame was that run in New York in December. And I don't think that race is very good. He beat Arctic Arrogance. Talked about Practical Move. Lugan Knight, I, again, need to do more work. Some of these names I'm not familiar with. General Banker. Hayes Strike. I know two Phils, Shadow Dragon, Dennington, Andiamo Frenze. Andiamo Frenze, no shot at the mile and a quarter. Nice horse. I believe he's a New York bred as well. Confidence game. I, I, I could not have been more dismissive, I guess you could say. I shouldn't... It makes it sound like I don't think there's any quality in that field that ran in the Rebel here a few weeks ago. And that's not true. But I just didn't think the race was all that good, and he's on his left lead, and it's slop, and it's this, that, and the other, and he just got beat by all the New Orleans horses. My bigger, my larger piece is I'm still waiting. And maybe nobody is going to jump up and, and take this thing by the throat latch. Or maybe we already saw it. With Forte. Maybe this is far simpler than I'm making it out to be. That it really is. It's Forte and everyone else. But his pedigree, you know, is it really a mile and a quarter pedigree? You watch him run, I don't think that's really a concern, but you never know. Instant coffee and tap at Trice. Yeah, and these, by the way, these standings that I just read, they cannot be correct. Daily racing form. What are you doing? Get your shit together. They can't be right because Tapatrice, his name didn't show up. Okay. That whole thing, we're going to run it right back. Forte, practical move, confidence game, angel of empire, raise cane, Tapatrice, rocket can, red route one, instant coffee, classic car wash, sun thunder, general banker, Two fills, congruent, hit show, go rocket ride, slip Mahoney, classic legacy, curly jack, blazing sevens and arctic arrogance tied for 20th. That makes a lot more sense. I'm looking at it going, I, some of these other horses, I know other horses have points. Where are they? Okay, 
Now this list makes a little bit more sense. And I'll do the exact same thing. Again, Fortan, practical move. No issue there. Confidence game, we saw him. Angel of Empire will run all day long, and I think that's a positive. The, the concern would be that he's very much like Tappet Trice, that they don't have a lot of early speed. And if it is just a war of attrition, then so be it. But you're going to spot that valuable sort of positioning to Fortan, practical move. They're always going to have the jump on you. Confidence game, for that matter. Will as, as well, excuse me. Race Kane was the big uh, winner of the race at Turfway. We'll find out how he fares. I assume he'll show up next weekend in the Jeff Ruby. Classic car wash ran really well in, at Tampa. Feel a little bit for the connections because you probably thought you were home and hosed, and then Tappet Trice comes just barreling over the top. But I still don't think that's a derby kind of performance from either of the top two. Sun Thunder. I guess mildly intriguing. General Banker, again, I'm still not totally certain who that is. I will say, though, oh, was General Banker the one that won that crazy race at Aqueduct? Maybe he was. Owned by Seacoast Thoroughbreds of New England. I should know about the source. Uh, two fills. Two fills is probably sneaky run on the whole. The best races consistently, not named Forte, not named Practical Move. Because he's been close to hot paces and stuck around, and he's rallied into paces in the past. He's shown some versatility. Two fills is, I think he's probably a better horse than I initially gave him credit for being. Congruent, fine. Hit show again. We've talked about Slip Mahoney, fine. Again, it's it's just largely a group that I'm, I'm looking at going, okay, I mean, these are all fine horses, but I, I don't think anybody's knocking my socks off. Which then leads me to the second piece, which kind of has two parts. And this is just me thinking out loud. And again, let me know if you agree, disagree, whatever it may be. The vast majority of these derby preps to this point, prior to the 100-point preps beginning, have featured uh, swift to very swift early fractions to even bordering on impossibly fast which has helped set up things for some horses from just off of it so if aside from forte practical move and confidence game some of your bigger names in here are horses that don't have a great deal of early foot angel of empire tap trice red root one Instant coffee. You could probably even lump classic car wash into that. What happens if one of these horses that, in these final prep races, let's say, is a speed? I mean, heck, even right now, if you just look at these names, Go Rocket Ride is probably the confirmed speed of the race, okay? What if we go through these, and let's say there are more fast paces, and let's say that things kind of fall apart a little bit more, and you've got all these horses that look like they want to run all day long, but they're not gifted with a great deal of early foot. And you get a horse like Go Rocket Ride that maybe he doesn't win any of the big races. He doesn't win the San Felipe, we already know that. Maybe he doesn't win the Santa Anita Derby. 
but he gets enough points to run the first Saturday in May. And all of a sudden, if he's been used to running early numbers that are extremely fast, and he's still game and gutsy, well, what happens if all of a sudden now he's able to run reasonably fast fractions early, but it's basically just him out there? Could you see something crazy like that happening where we've almost done a 180 on the way these derby preps, and I'm sure it will be a year in and year out kind of thing, but for the longest time, past five years, let's say, it was the horses with tactical speed. Not the pace setter, but the horse that's going to sit. And I say that, Medina Spirit won Gates Wire, but my point is it's typically the horses that can lay second or third, maybe even fourth, within a few lengths of the front. They're going to still have the stamina to finish. Those deep closers just don't have enough of a light kick to run them down, and all they can do is clunk along. Well, this year, and last year's Derby also, as sort of case in point, the pace was ballistic, off the charts, helped set up for something ridiculous. Sets up for Rich Strike. So far, these Derby preps, crazy fast paces, help set up for closers. Well, let's say you get a field primarily composed of closers. Or let's, uh, let me rephrase that. The best horses happen to be late runners. But you get one, two, three horses that maybe they haven't won any of the big ones leading into it. But they've earned enough points to run. And now the pace scenarios they're going to be confronted with are far, far different than what they had to endure on the path to Louisville. So I will just use a go rocket ride as an example. What if that pace scenario the first Saturday of May is more in line with what we had seen prior to last year's race for those four or five years before? What if he can get a half mile in 47? And he's, he's got a length on the field. And the deep closers are still 12, 15 lengths behind him. Turn it for home. Go rock your ride. He's going to get brave. Can get brave. And I'm saying all this with the, the notion that a lot can change in the next three weeks. We're going to have Louisiana Derby, UAE Derby, Jeff Ruby Stakes. Then we're going to roll right into the Arkansas Derby and the Florida Derby. Then we roll into that big weekend where you've got preps at Aqueduct, Keeneland, and Santa Anita. And you'll you'll, at that point, more or less know what the field looks like. So the next three weeks are going to truly shape what this derby field looks like. But my big takeaways, and this is really the only thing I wanted to touch on for this week's show. Maybe it's a little bit short, 20, 25 minutes, but the idea that I'm not enamored by anyone. And on top of that, a lot of the big names are horses that come from off the pace. Well, someone has to go to the front in a race like the Kentucky Derby. So why can't a, a two fills continue to earn points? He's done all the dirty work in many of these races. Now, the first Saturday in May, May the 6th. 
all of a sudden he's looking around. There's only one horse in front of him, and he's been able to take a breath. And you know he can finish a little bit, the way that he ran in the LeCompte. I'm just throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what sticks. It's an off week on the Derby preps, and I think it's just a good opportunity for us to kind of get a lay of the land, do a little bit of a, a you know, reconnaissance, and say, all right, here's where we are. This could look wildly different in four weeks' time. Or who knows? Maybe things continue on that that path of, of crazy, crazy pace scenarios, and you keep getting these closers that come with these big efforts. But I, I'm not set on anyone just yet. I think this thing is still wide open. It's ripe for the taking. And guess what? There still may be names that are not on this list that have zero points that may end up popping up. A King's Barnes for Pletcher. Who knows? Maybe he's the best of the whole lot. I have no idea. There are a handful of names that I would venture a guess. There are a handful of names that aren't on this list yet that will be in the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby. Put it that way. That's my prediction. Let me know your thoughts about the Derby field, where we are on March 16th, beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. I'm going to dive into the Friday and Saturday cards here at Oaklawn for this weekend. Again, hopefully it dries out. Hopefully Oaklawn and I develop a better relationship than what we have had for my first two trips so far to this point down here because it has been rough, rough. Gulfstream has been very, very good to me. Golden Gate was good to me. Tampa, we broke even just purely on the sugar horse. This place, and, and also Fairgrounds, I broke even just because of Brendan Walsh's filly in the uh, three-year-old filly race. That wasn't looking like a great weekend until she showed up. This place has just kicked dirt in my eye every day. Maybe it's just a wet track. I don't know. But Oakland, come on now. Let's figure this thing out. We still got, we still got days. And then I'll be back for the Arkansas Derby. So let's figure it out before then. Uh, Thank you for listening as always. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Five-star rating, one-star rating. Doesn't make a difference. Just leave a rating. Obviously, we prefer better than not better, but um, not better would also be known as worse. Uh, But that's your prerogative. We just like the interaction from folks. It helps send things and sell things to advertisers and all that jazz. Uh, if you're curious, I will be on FanDuel TV again this weekend and basically every weekend until the week following the Kentucky Derby um, when I will finally have a little bit of a, a breather. That's what my my May looks. You know, it, it's a busy time, but May is sneaky going to be a, an opportunity for me to take a bit of a breath. I'll work right through the Derby, do the Derby for NBC, take the following week off take the first few days of the next week off and then go to Baltimore for the Preakness. Uh, might be able to do something for FanDuel, do the Preakness, and then I'm off again for another week. So after all these crazy trips here, there, and everywhere for this, uh, you know, the lead up to the Derby and the Derby Trail, I'll be able to take a little bit of a breath in May, um, regroup, and then get ready, I believe, for Monmouth.
because unless something changes last minute, which can certainly happen, uh, I believe I am to be stationed at Monmouth Park this summer with Larry Colmas. So, uh, but we have a long way to go before we get to that point. We have a number of big stops ahead of us, and then I've got a three-week stay in Lexington at Keeneland before the week leading into the Kentucky Derby. So, again, questions, comments, concerns beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt. That's going to do it for episode 152 of the pod. Until next week when I chat with you again, either from Logan Airport or from New Orleans, Louisiana, getting ready for the Louisiana Derby. Best of luck however you play, whatever you play, wherever you play. This has been episode 152 of the Matt Bernier Show.